And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Game Notes. I'm Dave Dufour. Tony Jones is here. I think he's eating peanuts or something. Tony, I haven't talked to you since before the All-Star break, and it feels like forever. I, I was chewing gum because our wonderful producer, Tanika, really had me thinking. So I have to ask the question. Okay. Dave, I have a question to ask you. All right. Do you care about the New York Knicks? I love the Knicks. I because love the Knicks. Because that is my favorite team. <laughs> and you know that that's my favorite team. And that's the team that I've been rooting for since I was a young tyke, a young child. And Tanika said that nobody cares about the Knicks. Right before we were going to record, by the way, just going to throw that out there. She was just trying to get you hot for the, for the pod. Well, she succeeded. Yeah. Do you want to talk so, about the Knicks or do you want to talk about Utah? I want to talk about. Knicks. I mean, they're no, fine, I, I want to talk about Utah, but I just want to know if people care about the Knicks or is all of our success going unnoticed? No, 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 no. I think it's actually going noticed. Uh, we care about the Knicks the same way we care. You know, the kid that growing up just wasn't very good at sports and would like. I don't know. He's like the team manager for the basketball team or something. And, you know, you check him into the game and he hits a shot. That's how we feel about the Knicks right now. That's, we're happy that's how him. we feel? Well, we're happy for him. It's been a while. Yeah. How are we feeling about the Utah Jazz right now, Tony? They're struggling, I thought the man. Jazz had a real gut check win on Tuesday night against the Celtics. Mm -hmm. I thought it was, you know how you put your ace on the mound when you're a baseball team? You've lost three in a row or you've lost four or five or five or seven. You, you throw your ace on the mound. You throw Clayton Kershaw on the mound. I know this might be not be the greatest example for for Dodger fans, but you throw Clayton Kershaw on the mound and he and he throws a three hit shot out over seven innings and, and you went to nothing and boom the streak is stopped right you're back on track. Did you feel that that was the kind of win that they had against against the Celtics on Tuesday night? If Boston was a better team, then I might feel better about it. But I, I just don't think Boston like they're not the same level of team that they've they've been the last couple of seasons. Okay, that's fair. I think that's a game like Utah should beat Boston. They are a better team, and so winning that game is good, right? Like they need to they need to get solid wins. How do you feel about how they played in that game? Because I think that's the most important thing. I thought. Outside of the turnovers in the first half, they played well. And I thought it was probably the first time in, in a couple of weeks where I, I came away from a game thinking that the Jazz played well, you know, either throughout or, you know, for at least three quarters of the game. Because let's keep it real. They haven't been playing well at all. They didn't play well against Golden State. They didn't play well against Houston. I thought they played well against Philly but it got away from them in the overtime. They didn't play well against New Orleans. They didn't play well against Miami. I mean, there were just so many games over these last two or three weeks where the Jazz just haven't played well for whatever reason. And I thought in Boston, I thought they played well. And so when you when you look at that game in particular, do you feel like they were effective against Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum? And, and, and is that sustainable for them? Because I think that's the biggest concern. When you look at the way that that Warriors game went, and they were dealing with all that mobility on the wing. And obviously, Steph Curry is just a, a whole another beast. I worry about this team 
in the matchups it's going to have to face in the playoffs to get to the finals, how is it going to handle LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George? That's the question for the rest of the season for me. And I think that what we've seen in the last few weeks when they've struggled, they're they're having a little bit of trouble against some of the top talents in the league, some of the guys that can actually do some things individually. And I don't know that they've got the guy on the wing that can step up defensively and and, and take care of that. So, you know, I think they got to figure that out. But Boston, like getting a win against Boston is is a big step toward figuring that out. Now, let me ask you a question. Assuming all of this is true, and I, and I think that this is all true. If you are the Utah Jazz, the Miami Heat just traded for Trevor Ariza. If you're the Utah Jazz, you have an open roster spot. Do you try to go get Mo Harkless if you're the Utah Jazz? I mean, he's better than what they have now. So sure, but I don't know that Miami will give him up. They just got Trevor Ariza. They have Andre Iguodala. You're just not like playing playmaking. all three of those guys. But Tony, it's just like playmaking. What do we do every single year? What do, what do we what have we been saying all year? What's you can Miami never missing? have enough playmakers. You can never have enough shooters, and you can never have enough perimeter defenders, wing defenders. Exactly. They're missing Jay Crowder. If Utah could go out and cha- trade for Dr- Jay Crowder right now, they would. Miami would, right? Like Mo Harkless is not Jay Crowder, but he's kind of a similar type of player. Right. Facts. He's an approximation. And so I just don't think Miami is going to be willing to give those guys up. And getting uh, getting Trevor Ariza early was smart because he wasn't going to sit there very long. And it's a little bit of a missed opportunity for Utah because I think Trevor Ariza would have fit in really nicely there, especially with the way that they're spacing out the floor, especially in transition. Trevor Ariza is pretty good at that. Agreed. If you're Utah, are you in the market for one defender? A number one? Defender? No. Are you in the market for another defender? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I mean, ideal scenario, you get a guy who can also shoot threes, but you can't be too choosy in the position that they're in. I think they need a legitimate big time wing defender, a guy that can you can trust to guard on an island. And, and let's be honest, it's the NBA. You're not going to shut down Kawhi Leonard in isolation for 20 possessions. You're not going to do it to Paul George. Like They're going to get theirs, but you need the guys that keep them from from really dominating a game for the playoffs. So I don't know who's out there for him, though. Well, I think Mo Harkless is available. I really do. He might be. I don't see Otto Porter shaking loose. I don't see, you know, Thaddeus Young chase, shaking loose. So I don't know if there's anything out there. I think the Jazz are going to do their homework. I think they're going to uh, see if anything makes sense. But I don't know that there's anything out there that they can do in terms of figuring something out for figuring out a defender. They need one more defender. That's what they're missing. I mean, the the struggles that we've just watched, again, they're they're four and five in their last nine. They were they had won nine straight. I think that what we are seeing is the defense works when Rudy's out there. But when Rudy's not out there, you don't have enough perimeter defense to be able to approximate a top five defense with Derek Favors as your center. That Warriors game was a, a great example of that. I, I believe that – how much did they lose by? It was 12. Rudy was plus 11. Derek Favors was minus 23. I mean, that is a very distinct signal to me that they need more defense in those second units. Well, my thing was that nobody defended well outside of Rudy on Sunday. Oh, definitely not. And the difference between Sunday and Tuesday was, yes, Rudy was – he was amazing – on Tuesday night, but you know, the other guys defended really well as well. Like I thought that Mike Conley defended well. I thought that Boyan Bogdanovich tried. Uh, I thought that Donovan Mitchell 
was good in spots. You know, obviously Royce O'Neal was solid. Joe Ingles was solid. So when the Jazz defend like, when the other guys defend like they defended on Tuesday, what that means is then Rudy can go out and be a superstar defensively and raise the level, raise the ceiling of the team defensively. Where on Sunday, Rudy was basically raising the floor because nobody else was defending. So, you know, when Rudy's going out and defending like the way he is, and it's a compliment to other guys defending well, as opposed to, yeah, he's just trying to drag this team on his back. It looks differently. And that's why Golden State scored 131 points and and Boston scored 109 two days later. If the Jazz had played against Golden State the way they played against Boston, they would have won that game by 25 points. Okay, now part of this, though, is three-point shot making. And I don't know how much defense actually affects three-point percentage all that much. You certainly can, can affect attempts and quality of attempts. But the way the NBA works, it just your defense isn't necessarily going to make teams miss more more often than not. Right. In their wins, opponents are shooting 32.3% on threes. In their losses, 45.3%. So how do they figure out how to win games when the shots are falling for other teams from three? And to me, the number one thing is you cannot allow points in the paint when Rudy's not on the court. That's what kills them. If, if if teams can make shots, that's that's great for that team, and it's bad for you, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to lose. But for some reason, it happens to coincide with big interior scoring games from these other teams. And so I think you've got to solve that balance. And I, I think another wing defender helps them tremendously there because you, you get another helper. I mean, if you get a guy like – I mean, you mentioned Harkless, but with the size that he has – he actually is a, is a pretty good help guy inside as well. So it's going to help with the paint. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think that type of guy is exactly what they need. I just don't know if Harkless is going to be the guy. Well, here's the thing with teams just absolutely burning, and that's against the Jazz on losses. If the Jazz hold those teams to 39 or 40% instead of 45%, they win a lot of those games. And, and I, I think that that's the difference. And I think that that's one of those things where, hey, you're the hunted instead of the hunter, and teams are just gearing up to play great games against you. And I thought the Celtics played a really good game against the Jazz on Tuesday night. It was just that the Jazz raised their level. You know, the problem is you can't play, you know, gut check games for 72 games. You're just going to burn yourself out. So the Jazz just need to find, you know, a cruising altitude, a cruising level to where teams have to beat that every night. And it's getting harder because teams are playing above those levels because the Jazz have been so good and by record, the number one team in the league. So that's kind of the blessing and the curse of being as good as the Jazz have been this season. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside 
to learn more. So is there anything else that, that you could think of that, that they may be taking a swing for in, in the trade market? I don't really think they've got a lot of needs. You know, it's really just that wing defender that I'd like to see them get. What about you? Yeah, I think that that's the only need that they have. I mean, obviously, maybe they can have a little bit more size up front, but, you know, they've been they've been fine in terms of size this year, you know, but it's basically just like, hey, we're really gearing up for a playoff run. And, you know, I think that that's the one area where they can kind of shore things up a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, I just think they need a wing defender. They're just stacked top to bottom right now, especially on the offensive side. You know, in a league full of teams that, that think that they have a chance – as the league does this year, who the heck is out there? I just don't know that they're going to have many opportunities. It's so they're lucky that they don't really have huge glaring needs and and they'll be able to look for some of these marginal pieces, but you know, it's going to be tough. And and it's to me, the difference for them in having a realistic shot at the finals and not is all about solving that, that dilemma that they've got on the wing. And and, you know, no team is perfect in the NBA, especially this year. There's still a lot of question marks about Anthony Davis and what he's going to look like if he comes back. The Clippers look pretty good. I'd actually say that that they look about as good as Utah does right now. And uh, we know their glaring issues. And I think with Utah, there aren't any major glaring issues. And you have to feel like that's a pretty good position to be in. Everyone's healthy. You've been playing really well. Now you just got to find a way to to recapture some of that magic. Quit letting these teams shoot so well. And I think getting fans back in the stands is probably going to help that a little bit for Utah too. If I'm if I'm being honest, like the shot making so far this season in the empty arenas is not as absurd. <laughs> it's not as bad as the bubble, but it's still been pretty bad. I mean, and a lot of this has to do. There's a lot more space around the court too, so guys aren't aren't having to be as spatially aware when they're they're shooting from the corners and things like that. So there's a lot of reasons for the for the shooting uptick, but I think that when you get fans back in the arenas, some of these big shooting nights that they're that they're you know that they're running into, they're going to happen, but maybe they don't happen so often. Again, 45% is what their opponents are shooting in law, in in those Utah losses from 3, and that is just Absolutely absurd. Now, I'd argue that the 32% in wins is also absurd. That's 4% or so below the league average. So they're getting there's a little bit of variance there as well. Um, but the 45% is so far off league average that you have to start thinking, okay, how much of this is schematic? How much of this is just it's bad luck and, and we're doing everything else right, but we're not able to overcome that. And, and you know, it's it, basketball is not a math problem, but the math does catch up with you often. And this is one of those cases where they've got to find ways when the other team is just going to make shots. How the heck do you win games under those circumstances? Which, you know, when they figure that one out, let me know because you will have almost solved basketball. Like this is not – there are worse problems to have. You know, my thing is that there are te- – like, you know, the, the gold standard of shooting is 50-40-90. And there are people that are like at like 50, 50, 90, <laughs> you know, it's just so above and beyond what we normally see that it's definitely just absurd. And I think that, like you said, as we start to get, you know, fans trickling back into the arenas, you know, I think that, you know, some guys are going to shoot, you know, regress back to the mean and regress back to their levels. But it's crazy in terms of how a lot of guys are shooting in, in empty gyms right now. You know what? A guy that just popped into my mind because you talked about regression. What about Tony Snell? No. Do you think that uh, Utah could somehow pry him from 
They could pry them for for a bag the the bag of peanut butter I was just eating. Sorry. <laughs> All right, Tony. Let's uh, let's get to our picks um, because everyone is just fully invested in my steak dinner that I have uh, coming uh, during the off season. I'm sorry, point. I've been getting a lot of DMs that say that you know they're rooting for me. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Uh, I'll, I'll see screenshots of those later, just so I can <laughs> confirm the veracity of that of that claim. Uh, for for those of you just catching up, we are both tied at 23 and 12. Uh, if we happen to skip a game or it's postponed or something, we just skip it. Like we missed a few games uh, coming out of the break. Eh, who cares for us? Uh, for our purposes, we're just gonna keep track of the ones that we actually pick. Um, looking ahead, hey man, th- this is uh, this is gonna be an interesting four-game stretch that we're looking at. The Wizards not playing awful basketball. This is no longer a walk in the park. Uh, I still think Utah is far superior to to Washington. Uh, So I'm going to take Utah to beat the Wizards. What about you, Tony? I'm going to take Utah to beat the Wizards. I think they're a a superior team. Um, You 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 surrender whatever you surrender to Bradley Beal. You keep Russell Westbrook relatively in check. You should be able to be fine. Uh, you got the Raptors after that, and um, again a- another team like just tough defends okay. They're awful in half court offense though, and so I think Utah probably wins this one going away. It's going to be a back to back. They're getting healthy. Toronto's getting healthy. They're getting their guys back. Um, I'm going to go Toronto. See now you're trying to make up the stake. I see it. I see. I see the vision. Gonna tech, uh, pick against them on those back to backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got the Bulls on Monday, and the Bulls. Hey, listen, that's another team kind of like the Knicks. Although I think maybe the Bulls get a little bit more hype because Zach Levine kind of leads the show there. Uh, Bulls are young, pretty fun. They're playing pretty well. Uh, I still think Utah is a lot better, so I'm gonna give this game to Utah. What about you? Uh, the Jazz will have two ga- two days off before they play uh, the Bulls, and as you know, if you give Quinn Snyder a couple days to, to prepare for a team, he's gonna dissect that team. I'm going to pick the Jazz to win that game. I mean, and also they've got a weekend off spring in Chicago. Come on now, it's gonna be sweet. They're gonna be in their hotels taking COVID tests. <laughs> they don't get to walk around outside. Not really. They just kind of stay inside. That seems awful. That seems awful. Okay. Uh, and then this is the big one. If yes. Kevin Durant's back, it's the game of the year. And I don't think he's going to be back because I think that the timetable that they just put out keeps him out longer than this. But they've got Brooklyn uh, next Wednesday, a week from when we're recording this. And Brooklyn, I mean, they look like the favorites in the East. It's, it's them or the Sixers, obviously. Uh, but But what Brooklyn is doing offensively, just seems designed to destroy a team like Utah. I think it's. I think this is a tough matchup, and I'm going to take the Nets. And I think it. It might get ugly. I'm going to take the Jazz because I think the Jazz played uh, one of their worst season games of the season against the Nets. Uh, I think that they're going to want to put their best foot forward. Uh, it's going to be at home. Um, the Jazz are letting 5,600 people in this in, into the building. That crowd is going to be loud for that night. Uh, it's going to be rocking. I'm going to pick the Jazz. Okay. Okay. I, we're going to. So we're gonna we both went three and one, but we went, but we went three and one yeah. in different ways. Yeah. There's going to be some separation this week, Tony. I, I'm going to take a two game lead here. Is what I'm expecting. That's my expectation. It's a wrap, basically. We're going to do that. Uh, all right. For Tony, I'm Dave. This has been Game Notes. Everybody, uh, send Tony pictures of your perfectly cooked 
rare or medium rare steaks. I know that he's gonna love seeing all those. Uh, Tony, your DMs are open, right? Is that how this works? You want them? My DMs the are DMs? definitely open. Okay, there you go. We'll talk to you guys again next week. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.